This is Unspecial, a show about the inequities in special education. When the majority of people think about special education, they think about the system that provides an education to kids who the general education system is not meant for. But my name's Sydney Tuck, and I'd like to introduce you to the first of a four-part series that truly discusses the inequities in special education. And on today's episode, I've sat down with longtime educator and special education advocator, Christina Bosch, to tell you how the majority cannot be more wrong. Christina has worked in special education for over 12 years now, with no original plans to be an educator. It was not until she took a trip to Vietnam that she became interested in the American public school system. So what was Christina's first introduction to special education? was at an Obama inauguration party in my hometown of Washington, D.C. And one of my elementary school friends' dads who lived in the neighborhood happened to be a professor of special education and had started a charter school. This is like in the wake of No Child Left Behind and the very first kind of charter schools are being opened up. And it's also before the charter schools become these big networks. So it's an independent public charter school that focuses on kids with learning differences and using arts integrated approaches to work with them. And I was like, that sounds awesome because I, I have always liked the arts. And I was like, that also sounds like a good mission. And that sounds like why, why we have public education. So I started working there as a TA and it was like, you know, a classroom where the teachers had quit in the middle of the year. The music teacher had been pulled to be the teacher for the classroom. This was a fifth grade classroom. We had about 17 kids in the class, but a majority of them had IEPs. So the model of the school was that is what some people call reverse inclusion. So a special educator is the classroom teacher and has a TA. And there's no like real pullout except for like occupational therapy, um, counseling, et cetera. So it was nuts. My music teacher, he was an amazing mentor, but he also used a lot of like restraints. He was black, is a black majority school. And, you know, that factored in, in terms of like behavior management, like what, you know, uh, what was considered appropriate and how behavior management happened. And, but it was just nuts. It was a totally nuts introduction to like, this is actually what like teaching or working in a school is. This, that school shut down because the founder had been embezzling. We often see, right, that like issues of how funds are allocated in schools become like a potentially questionable area. So when the school shut down, I mean, that was also just insane. And I can talk more about these experiences because they are what kept me in the field. What a crazy introduction to special education. But coming from a school that was manipulated to enhance the wealth of its founder... Is there one student or experience that stands out to you the most? Um, I had one student that like um, had epilepsy. I think he had he he had epilepsy. He was he qualified under OHI, if I recall correctly, and he had a form of epilepsy. But I think he also was likely on the spectrum because his language and his communication were very delayed. But he, and he had some sensory integration issues. So for example, he wore like a pressure vest. The year before when he had not had a pressure vest, he had, his, his teacher had taught for most of the year with him on her back. 
because it gave him the sensory input that he was craving and like the fucking forms hadn't come through. They didn't have a pressure vest for him yet or something. So I remember getting him in the class and being like, what's, you know, trying to figure out, okay, so what y'all do last year that worked? Like, what does he need? And it was like, oh yeah, like his teacher carried him. And I was like, uh, what? Like, I, I mean, now we're in fifth grade. Like, that's not really appropriate. But I remember at one point, again, like very early in the year, kind of being like, okay, like, it seems like maybe I should try physical contact with him. And so I put him on my lap and I mean, he was small for his age, but I put him on my lap while I was talking to the other kids and, and he had his pressure vest and stuff, but he was still just sort of seemed like maybe he needed that closeness. And, uh, he started like chewing on my earring and I was like, okay, <laughs> I think like we need, like, I was like, I need help. This need like, we need to do something else here. But what's so nuts is that I had so many other things happen. Like my first year when I took over, I had a student tell me that, you know, at her old school, they had administered in DC, they had administered corporal punishment on her. I mean, honestly, I'm sorry. Like, it's like, once you open like one student door, it's like the last one I'll close with is my very first time when I was a TA, there was a student in the class. Again, this is fifth grade and he was big for his age. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was older than the fifth grade range. And he was, he was nonverbal. And I was like, what's the deal? And no one really could had an explanation. It was just like, he just doesn't talk. So do you think the main issue comes down to funding? When I think about that, I'm like, well, I mean, you know, the founder was fucking stealing all the money. So maybe more funding would have helped, but no, because maybe he just would have stolen more. And so I think a lot comes back to, and I also think that we're seeing like that funding doesn't, you know, students in, in special, special education have been receiving more funding than their general education peers for decades now with, with worse results. Once you get, I, once you get sucked into special education, your academic and life outcomes suddenly have like these more dismal pronostications, right? Like your, your odds of becoming in coming into contact with juvenile justice system, with having lower academic attainment, with not graduating on time, all increase. So, and of course this, this also is compounded by the racial identity of the student. But so I'm actually at a point where I think I'm in zero way making an argument. I think that we need way more funding for education, but I think we need more funding for higher education so that you have teachers that come out that know how to work with each other and know how to check for their own biases and also how to advocate politically. There's more teachers in all three, there's more people working in the education system in the United States than in all three branches of the United States military combined. We are an enormous political block that is not organized as such. So I think we need more funding for education on all levels of public education. But I also do think that processes and the, the, the bureaucracy involved in receiving special, educa special education 
services is untenable. The point of public education is that everybody gets a free and appropriate public education. Now that's the wording under IDEA, but really that's the point of public education. That's why we even have IDEA. So why do you have to go through all this rigmarole if your needs aren't being met? It should just be, you know, every student has needs and we have a top of the line set of professionals and resources and space to meet those needs flexibly without needing to constantly label, categorize, and uh, pathologize those needs. So really special education shouldn't be this be all end all place, but rather a resource. Exactly. And you know what else? People are not fucking comfortable talking about the relationship between disability and poverty. And where is poverty clustered in our country, right? And why? And so, and that's another thing that really bothers me about special ed is that special ed gives, gives the practitioners and the family zero guidance and the student zero guidance on how to talk about having a disability, how to include disability in the curriculum. Disability communities are cultural communities, right? Like deafness is a rich culture. We don't incorporate, we're talking all about, oh, culturally responsive pedagogy, blah, blah, blah. And nobody's talking about disability cultures as being part of that. And it should be. Special education could take a leadership role in that. Building off of that, there's such a large racial component to special education that is completely false. We see such a large representation of specific ethnicities in special education, while we see such a large underrepresentation of others. So could you talk a little bit about why these disparities exist? We know we have a disproportionality problem, right? We also likely have gender-based disproportionality along certain um, disability classifications. We also, mind you, don't understand a lot of these disabilities very well, in particular the invisible ones. And so the fact that things like ADHD, uh, autism, um, um, tend to be, I mean, this is changing, but those have been wider disability classifications, intellectual disability and emotional behavioral disability have been blacker and browner disability classifications and, uh, language-based dyslexia, like tend to be like more associated with, with, uh, whiter and more affluent students in schools. I mean, there's all kinds of interesting work that shows that these biases are also very um, clustered within schools. Our ideas about ability, right, are totally related to our ideas about race, gender, class, religion, etc. What we think people are able to do or are, or are disabled from doing are oftentimes totally caught up in these other ideas we have about how people should be based on their various intersecting identities. So that said, you know, pathologizing women who are uh, sex workers, women who have children out of wedlock, pathologizing immigrants who um, were, you know, you know, still youth or whatever, when they came to this country, like these are actually the roots of special education, right? Like special education is a humane improvement on incarcerating and putting into asylums,
people that society thinks are crazy. And the definition of who's crazy has changed radically over time. And in some ways, actually, it hasn't because we still incarcerate, you know, people who are drug addicted and have mental um, illnesses. But isn't, I think it's really important to keep in mind, like special education comes as like a progressive kind of law and order response to systems that have always been sorting people based on different associations of power, racialized power and gender-based ideas of power. So the fact that special education has a disproportionality problem, right? The fact that like, if you look at the statistics, Pacific Islanders, Islanders have been grouped with indigenous communities in, by the Office of Special Education Programming. So those students have, uh, you know, all the worst sort of outcomes and um, likelihood of being identified in special education, like way more disproportional than black, white, Latino, or Asian students. Then come the black students, then come the Latinos usually. And uh, so the, it's just, special education is just a way of dealing with diverse groups that education was never, in this country, was never set up for. So we've made this retrofit, in my opinion, and that's why racial dispar disparities show up in it, because it's a way of retrofitting a system that was never designed to actually educate the masses. It was designed to educate, like, you know, first, like, boys, white boys, then, like, you know, Christian, white boys and girls, and we have a plurality of people now in the country and in the system that it's not set up to deal with. And I think that that's why you see racial disproportionality in special education, because also race is correlated with income, with parental levels of education, et cetera. And so all these things kind of like coalesce. And also going beyond that, in your career, have you ever noticed a disparity in the way that non-special education educators speak about kids in special education? Totally. I mean, this is a, this is a persistent issue too, because within the school, you have like hierarchies amongst the staff and a lot of the general education staff will often be like, those kids are your kid. And they'll say things like, you know, I wish I had time to like sit in an office or like, I wish I had like, you know, 25 kids on my caseload instead of like, you know, being responsible for a hundred. Yes, like there are definitely disparities. What, what special education means for the gen ed teachers is someone coming and being like, you need to fill out this paperwork, you need to fill out this paperwork and you need to give Jimmy like this seat and extra time and you can't put him out of class. But nobody's gonna come help you when he's totally disruptive and throwing a chair but you just can't put him out because that's what the IEP says. That's like when you have shitty special education procedures, programs, practices, and practitioners, it, it almost doesn't surprise me that the general education teachers fall back on inequitable ways of talking about the work and stereotypes about the students, right? Like so-and-so just doesn't belong in, in, a, in a regular school. You, you start hearing that shit from the administrators and the gen ed teachers because they're, they don't know what else to do and they're not getting the help that they need from the special education practitioners in the school. So it definitely happens, but I have some compassion for it 
don't get it. Don't get me wrong. I've also met some real fucking jerks who shouldn't be teaching because if you can't speak with compassion about all your students, I don't know what you're doing teaching in a public system. But I do have some compassion for the general educators because literally everybody that's working in a school is getting shit on from above almost every day. And then it's hard and it's hard to do the work and, you know, some shit has to give and you start saying, well, you know, this kid is taking away from these other kids learning because of his disruptive behaviors or whatever. And note that I'm using he, but it could totally be a she, but because of disproportionality, it's often a he. So anyway, like, yes, you know, you definitely have that. And, and also, by the way, like in countries where special education is a newer thing, you have teachers literally like lock their doors when the special education teacher, because they don't even want to deal with, they want to be also like the king of their own ship, you know what I mean? And like be in charge of their own classroom and not have anyone meddling. So there's all kinds of issues around hierarchy and equity that surface, um, between staff and as staff talk about students. If you could fix only one problem in special education, what would it be? It would be the 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 race the racial disproportionality problem because I think that that creates a host of other egregious like intergenerational outcomes that erode families trust in the school system and erode what the school I mean and make the school system look bad the school system promises to be this like staircase to opportunity and for some people it is but then for some people who get sucked up in special education it's the opposite and we know because of the disproportionality problem that there's a problem with the identification process so if I could fix that I think that that's like one thing that would have that would reverberate and ripple out into faulty diagnoses, uh, disproportionate punishment, etc. Special education was created to provide all kids with a public and equitable education. But through the unjust actions of so many political leaders, parents, and educators, it has become a place synonymous with poverty and an inferior education. Christina's story is just one of thousands. But that's it for this time on Unspecial. Tune in for our next episode to further discuss the corrupt system we so confidently call special education.